Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. team. Thank you, Carolyn. That's great. Let's um, begin with reading from Matthew 28 today. And I want to talk about resurrection life today. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Thank you. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and with great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And then from John eleven twenty five, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Heavenly Father, we come before your amazing and wondrous and miraculous throne of grace this morning, declaring that you are our God. And Lord, we are so grateful to be in this house of worship this morning to celebrate resurrection life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We thank you this morning that as your word goes forth, Lord, you will make it milk for those who need milk and meat for those who need meat. And Father God, that each one of us will leave this place today with another foundation stone in our lives that we can build on in you. Father God, I ask that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer, Lord God, to portray the things that you're showing me. And Lord God, that as these words go out, that only Christ will be glorified. I give you all the praise and all the honour and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Resurrection life. Easter Sunday is one of the three huge days in Christianity. Uh, in the Christian calendar, we have Christmas, we have Good Friday, and then we have um, Resurrection Sunday. And we celebrate Jesus on all of those. And at this time of the year, we celebrate the finished work of the cross. And we worship God and what he has done for us through his great love. He's amazing. No other faith in the world worships a risen saviour. Because every other person of worship is either about to go to the grave or is in the grave already. And that's the truth. Absolute truth. There is only one God who has arisen and his name is Jesus. Christian faith is also unique in that the birth, the life and the crucifixion 
The death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ are the central and pivotal points of our theology of our faith because without his birth, he couldn't die and without his death, there could have been no resurrection. And without his resurrection, we could not know the eternal life that we have in him. So, you know, for God, it was never a plan B. It was always the way it was going to be. It was always God's choice that his son would come. Um, as a redeemer for every single one of us who've ever lived, who ever will live. And, um, and that's his perfect plan of salvation, that Jesus, the one without sin, would come and would die in our place, taking all our sin upon himself and die in our place to save us. So we've got eternal life with God because of that perfect sinless sacrifice of the Lamb of God. And Jesus has paid that price for us to come into relationship with God, for our sins to be forgiven. And that, that price was the death on the cross. What a price. And we talked about it on Good Friday. The fact that what's so good about Good Friday? Everything is good about Good Friday because it's all been paid for by Jesus for us. What a cost. What a cost. And sometimes I think we need to remind ourselves just what price has been paid for every one of us so that we can walk in that newness of life and walk with hope and walk in the power of his Holy Spirit because without Jesus dying, the Holy Spirit would not have become available for every single one of us who believe in Jesus. But when you start and think about resurrection, what is resurrection? The Greek word is anastasis. And it, it means literally a standing up again. It's a resurrection from death or figuratively it can be a, a moral recovery of spiritual truth that we can resurrect the truth that we may have perhaps buried years ago. There can be that coming to life again of something that we might have known and yet not allowed to um, continue to thrive in our lives and hold dear in our hearts. It's a raising to life again. So for there to be resurrection, there's got to first be a death, doesn't there? And for us to live in newness of life, there's got to be a death to the things that we know that we're going through, that we are suffering in the world. Um, and it's a taking hold of those thoughts and, and bringing them into the perfect plan of God and lifting them to God and living in his strength and his life as he works through those circumstances as only um, Jesus can. But when we consider that, that death to self, consider what Jesus went through, that place, place of pain and place of cruelty, that place of suffering and humiliation, and you think about the mocking and the jeering of the crowd as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was publicly shamed and humiliated and he hung on that cross to die. Amazing. Amazing love. You see... For those that were alive in that time, Jesus was the hope of Israel. They were waiting for their Messiah and they knew, some knew that he was the Messiah that had been promised. The one who was going to deliver them from the persecution of the Romans and everything, every violation that was going on in their society at the time. And, and the Romans um, had kept the people of God in such a place of slavery and abject misery that when they saw Jesus on the cross, every hope was dashed. Everything was like, wow, what has happened here? 
what looked like a place of defeat and an absolute defeat. They saw Jesus die on that cross. And yet, in the natural, it looked like defeat. But yet, in the spirit, it was the absolute perfect plan of God. And when you consider that Jesus, the resurrection after three days, the absolute joy, the disbelief and and the absolute I can't believe this is happening when they encountered him on the road to Emmaus. You know, could you imagine what, what was going through the hearts and the minds of the disciples? And it's when we see resurrection life, we understand that what is sometimes a place of death and a place of hopelessness becomes a place of life. And that's that resurrection life that Jesus wants to speak into every single one of us, no matter what we're going through. The tomb becomes a place of divine resurrection and divine intervention in Christ when we bring those things to him. I remember, and I've shared this before too, a devotion I read some years ago in a book by a Mrs. Charles E. Cowan, um, Streams in the Desert, Springs in the Valley, and some of you may know it, but it's a beautiful, beautiful devotional book, and talked about um, a magnificent diamond that was found in an African mine a lot of years ago, and it was brought to the King of England to go into the Crown of State, but to have it go into the Crown of State, it had to be cut, and so the King sent it to Amsterdam, uh, and it was put into the hands of an expert gem cutter. The, the gem cutter took the gem of priceless value and he cut a notch in it. And then he struck it hard with a blow from his instrument. And that superb jewel lay in his hand, broken in half. And one might say, looking at it, wow, what a reckless act. What a terrible thing to do. What criminal carelessness. But no... It was not the case because for days and weeks and weeks, the blow that had been studied and planned had been drawn in models, had been made of the gem, its quality, its defects, its every flaw, every line of cleavage in that gem had been studied by the master gem cutter. Everything to the very minutest detail. And the man to whom that had been committed was one of the most skillful epitaries in the world, gem cutter in the world. So was the blow a mistake? Should it not have happened? And was it a result of a bad choice because he was having a bad day? No. It was the culmination of his skill. Everything he had ever learned, everything that he had ever studied, everything that he had put into practice when he struck that blow on that diamond... He did the one thing that would bring that gem to its most perfect shapeliness, radiance and jeweled splendour. The blow that seemed to ruin the superb precious stone was in fact the perfect redemption of that gem so that the two halves were wrought to make two magnificent gems which the skilled eye of the gem cutter had seen through the eyes of faith and study in the rough, uncut stone that it came from to his hand, from the king and from the mine. And as I thought about that, I thought, we're all diamonds. We're all diamonds, metaphorically, in God's hand. We're diamonds in the rough and he sees our potential. He studies us. He made us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. 
We're fearfully and wondrously made and he knows the potential that is in every single one of us. He knows the plans he has for us. He knows everything he wants to do in us and he knows everything he wants to do through us. And so sometimes when we might feel like we've been struck, that the circumstances in our lives have struck us and knocked us and hit us and taken the wind out of our sails and left us on our knees or sometimes even left us on our faces... That when we bring those things, those griefs, those loss, the ends of relationship, the financial strains, loss of jobs, whatever it is that's happened in your life that has been a, a, a bitter blow for you, a, a savage strike on your life, just understand that you as the most precious jewel in God's hand, you are the most precious, precious loved son or daughter to God in the world. And he, as the most incredible God, master, king, for want of a better word, gem cutter in our universe. He is the only one that will bring that resurrection life from the very thing that has been sent to take you out, to destroy you, to knock you around. It's only God in his infinite mercy that can turn a trial into a triumph. He can turn a loss into a leverage. He can turn hope, hopelessness into hope and he can turn the worst of circumstances into a place where you know that you have a building block and a foundation block that you're walking on and his name is Jesus because he's the rock of our salvation and he brings life from death situations and he breathes upon us and he says one more step, one more day, one more time, get up one more time, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Keep your eyes on Jesus, don't despair, sit and rest for a moment if you need to but then get up again and keep moving and keep your eyes on the the one who holds you in the palm of his hand, the one who has made you, the one who has said, I have a plan for your life and it's a good plan. And though you may feel like you're walking through the shadow of the valley of death, you may feel like you're on a crooked path. You may feel like you're in the depths of despair. Look up because your redemption is nigh. His name is Jesus. Look up and know that he is the one that can make something from nothing. He can take you and hold you and lift you. He is the lifter of our heads. He's the one that says, praise me for I'm worth it. And he is the only one who can turn a death situation into a life situation. He is the only one who can bring upon us no matter what's happening in our lives and he is the only one that can resurrect from the grave the things that we thought were dead and buried when we commit to him, when we trust in him, when we put our eyes firmly on him and in his word and seek his face and pray and praise. He is the only one. Let's give him a praise in the house today. Resurrection life. Resurrection life. John 12, 24 says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. What looks like death to your grain, your seed, your offering of faith is actually being resurrected in Christ in his perfect time. And for all of us, the timing is different. But I know 
My Redeemer lives, your Redeemer lives and he will bring forth pure gold in our lives when we allow that fire of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and work the things that he wants to do in us because he knows the plans he has for you. Amen? Amen. There has to be a death for the resurrection. Jesus had to be in that grave three days. He had to be seen to be dead for the awesome supernatural power of God to come forth as resurrection life. He is working all things for good because he loves you. He loves you. And only he knows the beginning from the end and everything in between. And he knows what you're capable of in him. So if you're facing a crossroad today and thinking things need to change in my life, if you're facing a crossroad and making decisions, if you're seeing an end of a season in one area of your life, one part of your life, you know that God's at work in those things and just allow him to direct you as you move forward. Whatever you're facing today, meet it head on and overcome through the power of the Spirit. And if you've felt the striking upon your body, upon your soul, Just say, thank you, Lord. What are you going to do through this in me? What life are you going to bring through this? Luke 22, verse 44, he said, Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus didn't ask to be relieved from the sole purpose he'd come to the world for. He faced it head on and he walked through it and he had victory. He didn't back off. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sweated blood. Could you imagine that? You know, when we get stressed, we start to sweat. And sometimes you feel the sweat run down your back. I do. (laughs) And yet Jesus sweated blood for us because he knew what he had to do for us. And he did it without faltering. Unreal. Unreal. What love is that? See, that was the culmination of God's plan, sometimes known as the passion of the Christ. And sometimes when we face things in life, we choose an easy path, but sometimes the easy path is not the God path. Sometimes the good idea is not the God idea. And sometimes best is not God. It's not the best way. The natural mind can't fathom the things of God, but the spirit can and resurrection, resurrection life we see right throughout the Bible. We see it in Second Kings when Elisha raises the Shunammite's son. We see uh, the widow of Zarephath's child resurrected in First Kings 17. As Elijah stretched on him three times, that number three, three days in the grave, three times stretching, resurrection life, three, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And he cried out to God and that young man was raised to life. And then in in John 11, Lazarus came forth from the grave and Jesus called out to him. He'd been in the grave four days and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he said Lazarus because if he hadn't said Lazarus, everyone that was in the grave would have come forth. Such is the power of Jesus and his capacity and ability to speak life into death situations. Amazing. And Lazarus came forth out of the tomb in the grave clothes bound. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what that would have done to you when you'd see there? Would you have run away? Maybe. Maybe. So much resurrection life. 
And so as it is in the word, it is for us because Jesus Christ, the living word, became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory and we have his, his Holy Spirit living with us today. And we know that as it was in the Bible, it is for us today. And we can walk in that newness of life because of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. We need resurrection life in our marriages, in our schools, in our homes, in our workplace, in our death situations and seeing God's life being breathed into those situations of darkness and hopelessness. But sometimes, like Mary in John 20, she went to the tomb and found it empty and began to weep and then Jesus appeared to her and he said, she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir... You've carried him away. Tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. And in her grief and in the darkness of what she was going through, facing a trial, she did not recognise Jesus standing before her, supposing him to be the gardener. And I thought about my own life and thought, how many times have I thought, that what was standing before me and what was speaking to me was just the gardener, just a word, a nice word, a kind word, a neighbour saying something. And yet through the truth and the midst of what Jesus would say, it was Jesus, Jesus speaking life. So we've got to look to see Jesus in our situations because he's one word away, one touch away, one breath away. Sometimes we can be too close to our situation to see clearly what God wants to do through our circumstances. But we need the God perspective. The word says in Ephesians, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus our Lord. We're above our circumstances, not below them. And God wants to speak life into our circumstances. So we get the heavenly perspective, the God perspective on what we're going through. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's making it any easier, but by faith and trusting him, we do it one day at a time, one thing at a time. And that way, God turns around the defeat into the victory. How am I going for time? <laughs> it requires some death to self. Colossians 3, 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Galatians 2, 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Put your name in those scriptures. He died for me. Put your name in that. And 8, 11, Romans 8, 11 but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And if he raised Jesus from the dead, what can he do in our lives as we trust in him? We breathe in the spirit of God. We breathe in the word of God. We fill our hearts with the word of God. And then when pressure comes, what squeezing brings out the word and the life and that resurrection hope that he has for us today, not just then, today, Every day we live trusting in God and in that resurrection life. And how do we do that? By daily surrendering to God. 
not my will, like Jesus in the Lord, in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be done, yielding to the Spirit of God, daily being filled with him, daily seeking him, lifting your eyes to him, like Carolyn said, in communion. Do we live each day? Do we wake each day saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I woke up. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for another day to praise you. Thank you, Lord, for another day to seek your face and to be used by you, to walk in the the good works because we are his workmanship created in him, Ephesians 2 something, to do good works, to do good works in him. And Jesus has come that we might have life, that life and life more abundantly. And as we yield to him, we'll have that joy that no one can rob from us, no one can take from us. The peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's given us that Zoe life, life more abundantly. This Easter Sunday... I want to encourage you all to understand and you probably all know much more than I do about this but that resurrection life is available for each one of us today. That resurrection life to speak life into situations that don't look very life-filled. That resurrection life that can bring hope and can bring purpose and can bring a plan and a strategy and sometimes it means that God is wanting to pair off a few things, prune a few things off of our lives as well so that we simplify so that all of the peripherals and all of the things that we're doing that are not bearing fruit, we're going to snip it off because sometimes there's others that need to be picking up those things that need to be done. But if we're doing what God has given us to do, every single one of us to do, we're functioning as a body of Christ, as a body of believers, a full body functioning team. And that's exciting because God wants to breathe life into us and he wants to breathe life into our community with the hope of Jesus. And that's what Bridge City Church and Bridge City North exists for, to bring life and hope. And that's what the Church of Christ throughout this nation and throughout the world exists for, to bring life, resurrection life to those who are not yet believers. Amen. Amen. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus. And Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want to see the kingdom of God through the eyes of faith. I want to see the things that he wants to do. I don't want to do the dead works and I don't want to walk in fruitful, fruitlessness and desperation. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. And Resurrection Sunday brings me back to a place of remembering the life that he has given for each and every one of us. Amen. I want to just finish with um, a message that was sent to me this morning. I have a, a cohort that... Um, Every Sunday morning, he messages me with a message of encouragement. And this is what, it's Pastor Peter from our North Church. 
Let me just read this to you in closing. The prophets foretold him. His close friend had sold him. The spikes, crown and spear had hold him as the world's sin did enfold him. But the grave could not hold him. His sinless holiness had paroled him. All the heavens extolled him. And one sweet day we will behold him. His grace unfathomable, his mercy immeasurable, his power unstoppable, his love unquenchable, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We are his children. What a privilege. What a saviour. Isn't that a beautiful message to receive on Easter Sunday? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that from the beginning of time, even though you are timeless, Lord, you were at the beginning. Father, you had a plan for redemption for mankind and you, Lord, brought it into existence through Jesus Christ, your Son. And this Sunday, this Easter Sunday, we celebrate resurrection life and we celebrate what you have done for us at the cross at Calvary. We are grateful and we are thankful. And Lord God, we just lift the name of Jesus in our midst. Father God, I say this morning that, Lord, without you, we don't have hope. We have nothing. We can be as in the grave, but with you, Lord, the salvation that you bring through Jesus we have hope, we have life, we have purpose, we have potential in you. God, I pray for those that are in this congregation today that have not got a living relationship with you, and those online, watching online, that as they reach out to you, Father God, your word says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For those who would pray that prayer today, Lord Jesus, take my life, forgive my sins. I ask you to be my Saviour and Lord on this Resurrection Sunday, that I pass from death into life in you and your plan and your purpose. For those who pray that prayer today, Lord God, I pray you just touch them by the power of your spirit and draw them deep into yourself, Lord God. Show them what it is to truly be a Christian and to walk in life in you, Lord God. Not religious, but in relationship with you. Father God, we thank you for all that you're doing. And Father, for those of us who are struggling with death situations, with hopelessness, with discouragement, Father, I pray by the power of your spirit you would breathe over every single one that is struggling in this area, whether it's anxiety or fear or lack, Lord God. I thank you that your word is the promise that you've given us when we walk in you. It's conditional on obedience to you, Lord God. But God, I pray for revelation for every single one for that resurrection life to come and that purpose and plan that you have for each one of us as we walk about this day, Lord, celebrating Jesus and the finished work of the cross. There is no longer any sacrifice required because it is finished. It's been done. And Lord Jesus, you've risen from death. And because of that, we say thank you, Lord. We give you praise and we give you thanks and we rejoice in your goodness. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. 
And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 